0: He's going to the game tonight, right? I'm assuming so. Uh, he it. just DM'd and said have the wrong one.
1: one. Oh dear. Oh dear. Scrabble. Scrabble. Uh, Wait, does
0: Trey
2: have
1: the right one and Kyle has the wrong one? We have the same one. Who are we calling? Oh, oh. This this one pops up too. Send. Uh who did we add so, to this call? Because they're listening. They're, they're in. in. Oh.
0: They're not in. It doesn't say on the call. Oh, it says their name up top. Uh, well, hopefully Kirby. they don't pick up. This could
1: this could be weird.
0: There you go.
2: I made it fast. Getting catfished.
0: Boy, this would be unfortunate.
2: <laughs> Imagine we recorded the whole thing now and afterwards. He's like, all right, what time are we starting? am like, oh, wait, who was that?
0: Seamus.
1: <laughs> Shame kid. it. Did you say Seamus. That's how it's spelled, no? There's yeah, no H. That is Shamus. how it's
0: it's called. It's Seamus Now, now I feel really good. Hold on, Jerry just said sorry. I'm an idiot. Sorry, Jerry, for reading that out loud. Um, Anthony, cut this out. But uh, Wait, which... no, I'm not we gonna let you slide left. with Sha- I'm not gonna let you slide on the Seamus When I got shit for saying uh, Giannis last year, I got shit for saying. Let's... uh uh okay, Ch- well, isn't a famous. I know. Individual. I said Chasan instead of Chasing. I don't know how to say most, most ooh, spades.
1: Ooh. uh The new one that we requested, I almost said it out loud. The new one that we requested I just accepted. He says got it. Wait, he accepted you. Or no, he accepted me. Can you, you hit add to in? call? I'm gonna hit the add to call button.
0: Yeah, do that. Jeez. And hopefully this other imposter Jerry doesn't pick up.
1: Okay, I see him
0: in here. It's not gonna be an issue recording because we have that extra
2: call out, right Kyle? Shouldn't be.
0: Oh dear God.
2: He- Hello. Hello. It worked.
3: Hello. Hey.
0: How's hey, how's it going, man?
3: How's it going, guys? Uh, you know,
1: present. Not too bad. <laughs> yeah. I think we have a fake Jerry Farrar in here as well. I'm not calling you fake, for the record. Um. There's well, another. Well,
3: here's what I, here's what happened. Um. I mean, I don't know if this has anything to do with that. I thought I was signing into my Skype account, which I haven't used in a very long time. I think I might have actually just made a new account because I just saw my real account It's actually not Jerry Ferrara. So,
1: okay, cool, because that's the one we have in here. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I think. Well, he's not in here, but it, we invited him. Yeah. All well,
3: right. I think that's somehow me as well. I'm, I'm, I got multiple personalities.
1: All right, cool. So you're you're a two-time guest now.
3: I guess. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. All right. All right. Well, we
0: know you're short on time a little bit, so we'll get this underway here. So uh, just quick intro, because we sort of cold open most of the time. So Anthony, will oh. have to splice this.
3: Okay. That's one small step for me. Columbia, Columbia, <laughs> Columbia.
0: Welcome, everybody, to a special installment of the TKW Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Maggio. I'm with my uh, good friend, Trey Zingus. Trey, what's going on?
1: Good, Kyle. How are you?
0: Good. I got uh, the merch man NBA, Bailey Carlin. What's going on, Bailey? What's up, Kyle? Not much. And we have a very special guest with us today. Uh, Some call him the next Spike Lee. Um, This is Jerry Ferrara. What's going on, buddy?
3: You know, by some, is it the three of you guys? Precisely. I don't know. I haven't haven't really... It's a flattering nickname to have. Jeez. (laughs) So look, someone's
0: got to take the torch from him.
3: If he's willing to pass it, I will gladly, uh, gladly take it. And uh, I think that's the reason why I continue just to try to snag acting roles so i could stay in good standing and get some good knicks tickets i think
1: all right so the acting career is just a vehicle to get you to more knicks games i respect that i respect it
0: the game is the game
3: yeah or unless you guys are hiring and, and could you know give me a little salary then i'll come over there and start working with you guys
0: it is in fact a little salary so there you go <laughs> <laughs> sold there it is yeah, can't, you, to there's fuck no money,
3: you can't put a price on passion guys
0: this is true of course yeah, you'd have to
2: bump yourself back about 500 rows, but you could still watch the games on what we play.
3: <laughs> I'd have a great time watching it as well with you guys. <laughs> awesome. So,
0: this all being said, now, um, there's a lot of excitement with this team. We know you're a just rabid supporter for this team. We see you at the games. Um, what's the feel for this team for you for, like, the future outlook here? Because we knew about KP. I think we all anticipated uh, – you know, he'd step up and try to be this number one option this year. But, you know, Frankie has looked surprisingly good. And I say surprisingly because of media narratives and whatnot are quick to write certain NBA youngsters off. So, you know, what do you – how do you feel about this team going forward? Because there's always been a lot of doom and gloom, but
3: – You know, I, first and foremost, I, I, I love the the start. That they got off, you know, six and four through ten. I guess I think they're now six and five after the Cavs debacle, which is, which was like the most satisfying loss, if you could actually say that about a Knicks team. <laughs> it was the most satisfying loss that I've experienced in years. Um, for me, when I start talking about the future, I first want to go back to the past. Like I, I, I always thought, and this is again total fan opinion based on just watching the league as, as as crazy as I do it, there needed to be I don't want to say culture change I think it's like a misused word but the whole Phil Jackson thing that had to end and I was actually trying to lobby not like I could actually get anything done but I thought someone like Tom Thibodeau would be a good fit there before we took the Minnesota job because mm. for me at the time it was just about Let's just get a plan in there. That was always my gripe with Phil Jackson. Like, if you tell me what the plan is, like, even if I was a 76ers fan five, six years ago, at least the plan was laid out for them. And you either got on board with it and you continue to watch as a fan, or you just stopped watching and went another direction or watched a different sport. There was never a plan other than the garbage we heard with the triangle. And, and which I still don't know. I've asked NBA players about the triangle and no one is staying up late at night, trying to worried about how they're going to stop the triangle offense. You know, <laughs> it just doesn't happen. But you know, for me, it was all about that. And, and oddly enough, this I think was addition by subtraction. Finally, uh, parting ways with Phil Jackson. Actually, we may have had a guy there the whole time. With Jeff Hornacek, I'm not saying that he's the ultimate answer to greatness, but he's at least getting his message across now and getting a plan across. And again, I, I was always a and still am a big fan of Mello, and I think he was in a bad situation here. Agreed. And, and I think he was treated unfairly with the way he was kind of forced out. That being said, again, addition by subtraction, Hornesek's plan along with these young guys now taking a step up. I don't think Porzingis can take the kind of step up he has taken he took this season through eleven games if Melo's still there. And that's not a knock on Melo. It's just their games don't fit. There's not enough shots. The offense now is running through the new king in New York. I'll say it. There it is. Porzingis. Talk, Porzingis. talk your talk, Jerry. And um, <laughs> look, I I I'm optimistic. I'm hopeful. I've always said i don't want to tank i i've i i do not believe in it um i i see the effectiveness but i don't think it works in new york maybe you could do it for a season but i think if we were going to do it we should have done it already now let's let these young guys play and if we get a great draft pick out of it great but as you can see chemistry the thing that you can't just draft for or sign for is beginning to happen you know that loss, I really do think, is going to be a stepping stone. Maybe in a few years, from now we look back and say, remember that game when Frank stood up to LeBron and then Kanter took his back like that? We might look back on that and say that's where the good stuff started happening.
0: Yeah, and about the Hornacek point, I thought the the saying, you know, sub, uh, addition by subtraction, was kind of perfect because not that I think Hornacek is is a great coach either, but his whole shtick in the NBA and his success in Phoenix was having point guards and an offensive system that pushed the ball and just got the ball at the court. And it just didn't seem like the right hire for Phil or Hornacek because Hornacek had to come in and like do a bunch of stuff that was totally against what he wanted to do offensively. So it just seemed like counterintuitive. And then, so yeah, like now, you know, KP just gets, you know, gets to run up and down the floor. Like there's no tomorrow and like, yeah, you know, they've, had a nice start because of it. He's sort of unleashed. He just gets up and down. There's a lot of possessions, a lot of shots, and it's just a better overall flow of the game for him. And he's just, I don't know, it's it's fantastic. This is a very special run that we get to enjoy with KP right now.
3: Yeah, I think this is the most optimism that we've had since Linsanity for the most part. And that was sort of just lightning in the bottle that you ultimately felt really wouldn't last. Not that, you know, and I think Jeremy Lin's gone on to do some really cool things. I think he's a great story, and I think he's a heck of a player when he's healthy. But you kind of always knew that that was like a magical thing. This now feels like there's seeds that have been planted that now you're actually starting to see the roots grow a little bit. And again, I'm by no means saying it's going to be us in the Cavs in the Eastern Conference Finals. No, I'm still very realistic. I-, I would be thrilled with the eight seed. I-, I would be happy with it because – I don't know, maybe I'm old school. I'm going to be 38 years old. Like I watched those 90s Knicks, like I watched them learn and not that they won the ultimate championship, but I watched them go through getting past the Celtics and then uh, they obviously got past the Bulls when Michael Jordan wasn't there. You know, I saw the chemistry and the lessons being learned on the court. So I will take an eighth seed. Get me, get me four or five games in the first round against the Cavs or the Celtics. I'm not saying that that like, makes me happy. I would love a championship, but I think the lessons you could learn from that are just as valuable as a draft pick when you are a young team. I and mean, we are now a young team with a couple of good veterans around them.
1: People forget the last Knicks um, finals run, they were an eighth seed. So you're asking, you're right there. The last, the last time the Knicks were in the uh, finals, they started as an eight seed, and they ran the table. I think, you know, it could it could happen again, right? Behind Chris Adams, he gets hot for a couple of weeks. We're good. Easy. I'm.
3: I mean, listen, that is <laughs> I, you, you're bringing up you're bringing up an ex, a big time exception to the rule. But either way, is there to for me as a fan? Now again, where I'm I'm talking to you guys as just a fan who probably watches too much basketball. I'm by no means a uh, expert, but. I love playoff basketball. And e- even if it's a sweep as bad as that would hurt. The night before knowing all right it's game one in the playoffs tomorrow, Knicks Cavs or Knicks Celtics or Knicks Wizards, I'm gonna I'm gonna be super excited waking up. Even though knowing probably not gonna have enough maybe to get out of the first round. It's 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 what it's all about to me. So I, I I'll take that. I, I get the whole theory with tanking and obviously the draft, but like I mean It's still who knows with some of these draft picks, you know? I mean, some guys you know about, and some guys you don't. Some guys you think you know, and you really don't know anything. So, yeah, I know Donkic is probably a can't-miss player. Would I love him on the team? Yeah, but does it mean I want to suffer through a 20-win, 19-win season? Uh, I don't know.
2: I don't know. I think think the big thing, too, um, about, like, being satisfied, being okay if they just— even if they don't make it to the playoffs, I'll be okay. But with what's happened so far, it's given me more hope than anything in years has. But I think the big thing that's contributed to that is the bar was always set a little too high, I think, the last couple of years. At least for me. I think I picked them to win – when we did like our preseason roundtable last year, I picked them to win like 48 games or something stupid. So uh-huh. like – and I mean that's my own personal being dumb. Um, And I'd, I'd die for Melo, so I think I always put a little bit too much hope in him. But we finally – I think consensus-wise, Knicks fans were like, okay, it's going to be a building year this year, and that's okay. And then now they've finally overperformed. So that's just such a cool feeling because I feel like, like we didn't really know what to expect when Rose came in. We didn't know Noah would be basically a shell of himself. So like we now finally set the bar, I think, in a reasonable place, and they've outperformed. I don't think we set it too low. I just think they're outperforming what everyone thought, which is, which is just so much more fun than a team that just can't win when you thought they would.
3: I I completely agree. I think the pieces are, are starting to fit. Obviously, I still think there's a long way to go. But now, if you look at the overall health of the franchise, you have your star of the future. You, know, you have a lot of young pieces around him now. Frank showing that he's definitely an NBA player, probably a starting point guard, and potentially an elite defender as he continues to learn. He's 19 years old. We still got Willie, who I think... You know, has been kind of riding the bench this year for what I think, you know, Ian Bagley might have said is because there was early defensive things going on and O'Quinn beat him out. But he, I think, will be a force down low in, in the future. And I think, quite frankly, they, they knew there was maybe a trade that had to be made with some of these big guys. Maybe they were showcasing... O'Quinn, I don't know. I think he might have showcased himself too good because now I don't think he's a player that should be traded. He's on a fantastic contract. And to me, guys like O'Quinn are those veterans you need, especially in New York. Like To me, Kyle O'Quinn is that New York Brit that Porzingis was talking about after the game that time.
2: Definitely. To me, that's
3: Kyle O'Quinn. And I think it's rubbing off on guys like Cantor, uh, McDermott, who people forget. McDermott, I think, is 25 years old, and he kind of – has never really been in the right situation, but I think in the right situation, Doug McDermott could be a valuable asset to a team. So to me, I think the overall health is finally good, you know, and we don't, who knows with the NOAA situation. I mean, it's a lot of money to pay someone who's not potentially going to be playing, but mm-hmm. I'll take any contribution, by the way, even if it's leadership in practice, leadership from the bench, anything. That's what I even say with guys like Hardaway. Obviously that's a big contract to me if he lives up to the potential that I bet you that mills thought he could have, I think it's going to be a good contract in a couple of years. Uh, and Hardaway starting to do other things besides just shoot threes, which is always my, my thing. I don't care how many threes he shoots, but continue to get rebounds and D up like he's been doing. And I'm happy to shoot as many threes as you want.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And getting back to Kylo Quinn real quick, you said that, um, he represents the New York grit a lot. And, I didn't expect him to really become the fan favorite that he has. I was at um, the Knicks-Nuggets game a week and a half ago. I was there, too. Yeah, and um, every time Kyle O'Quinn touched the ball, a dude in my section stood up and just started yelling, Queens, like, repeatedly (laughs) with all he said. And I was dying laughing, and then he got at least half of the section to just keep yelling, Queens, every time O'Quinn touched the ball or did anything. And I, I really didn't expect him... Um, to become quite the fan favorite that he has. And like you said, it's that New York grit that uh, KP talked about. And we just genuinely appreciate that. And we recognize how hard he plays and he's from here and all that fun stuff.
3: You know, I've been uh, my my wife is from Cleveland and she's not the biggest basketball fan in the world, but she, she enjoys basketball and football. I mean, she still loves the Browns. God bless her heart. Uh, you know, so <laughs> she usually would pay get pay a little more attention as playoffs come around or whatever. But I, I've taken her to jeez at least four games this year, and we've been fortunate enough. And thank you, anyone listening from the Knicks or Madison Square Garden, they they've taken really good care of me with the seats. And you kind of, I was sitting near oh, the two of us were sitting closer to the Knicks bench, and by far, obviously, she loves poor Porzingis. She thinks Frank is adorable and super young loves whenever they put the camera on him and his eyes go wide, but think that he's, she thinks he's a good player, but she's obsessed with Kyle O'Quinn. That's the player that stuck out. Now, again, my wife is a very casual fan. Who's not paying attention to like the details that we pay attention to. Maybe certain pick and roll defense and help defense and boxing out and all that. She's just watching the chemistry and you know, that whole eye test that all of a sudden becomes a real test that everyone talks about to her, Kyle O'Quinn's like the MVP of the
2: team. I know
3: that may, I mean that might not mean a lot to a lot of people. To me, that says something. That's that's, no, that's does. the intangible thing that you can't you can't necessarily scout. I well, love
0: O'Quinn. well, when we talk about like the the New York grit thing too, I think what makes it more special now is we've had to watch outside of that like 2012, 2013 special season we had, you know, we've had to watch a lot of like really just lackadaisical teams and it's like we've seen a lot of teams just kind of not give a shit out there you know as a whole and when you finally see a guy like Kyle O'Quinn like yeah maybe he's limited in what he can do you know for his ceiling as a player but god damn it that guy tries hard like he comes down on the offensive boards all the time like he's always mucking it up he's pump faking his ass off to try to draw a foul and get a tough bucket you know that's the kind of stuff that we have always enjoyed in new york but now we enjoy it even more so because we're starved for it we haven't seen it in so long so when you see that kind of stuff kp flying out of you know nowhere for a putback dunk it's like it that's it, it riles you up and going back to your point from way before that's kind of why none of us give a shit about tanking anymore because like yeah at first we're like oh cool it'd be great if we got another top pick to go with kp for the future and now we're at the point where it's just like i mean look how fun these guys are let's just see where this ride takes us if it's a first round sweep it's a first round sweep let's get kp some experience and it's just so funny how that the the narrative changed for knicks fans in like 10 games you know just yeah. seeing fun good basketball guys even in losses busting their ass trying hard and i don't know it it, it is fun that's the the best way to encapsulate it. it's just fun
2: and i'll jump in now quick just to uh you know this, i think there's a good time to break the news we have some uh Nick's wall Christmas sweaters drop and we had one already and you can expect uh for your wife we got a nice looking Kyle Quinn one on the way that I think she'll enjoy Jay.
3: Oh, come on. Don't say it. you better come through then cuz if I tell her that it's got it's, it's got to happen. We don't Oh, lie.
2: It, oh we it'll don't happen, lie. trust
3: me. I've, she's I'm by never, the, way, she's in the kitchen. She's in the kitchen right now. Just went, What? <laughs> 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 don't you worry about it. I'm telling them about who your favorite pl- who's your Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. You got this will be good for the pot. <laughs> this will be great. This is perfect. Bree. You haven't heard what's been going on right now. Who's your favorite Knicks player? Be honest. Just tell the truth. Well. No, no. Who's your favorite player? Don't make me look I love bad. Kyle Quinn. Okay,
4: yes. Good. That's what
3: there it said. is. There
4: but I love all the guys, but I really like Kyle Quinn. He's fun. <laughs> okay, good. That's
3: all I want. <laughs> there it is. Oh, she's uh, well, also, he she
2: gave her a, a treat with this, with this shirt coming up, I promise. <laughs> all right,
3: you got a gift coming up from the guys, all right? So look out for that. But um, anyway, yeah, I feel like to close out the Kyle Quinn thing, like, again, being a 90s kid you know he he's almost like uh anthony mason charles oakley mashup like he has little pieces of both their game and he has little pieces of both their personality you know i think he has like the kind of flamboyancy and attitude that and swag that mason played with i think he has the toughness that oakley played with and obviously the rebounding and uh i think you need guys on the team like that to be perfectly honest and um i think they'll learn from a loss like they had from the Cavs, which is you got to put teams away when you can. And especially when there's one of the greatest players ever still on the floor, even though you're down 17 going into the fourth, like the game is not over cause that guy is right there. So I think that's, that's a valuable lesson. And ultimately my point is I think that even a four and out in the playoffs could bode a lot of valuable lessons for the young guys
1: yeah, like they have to learn how to be on that stage. Um, I know a lot of people are clamoring for Philly, right, but they haven't been to the playoffs. They don't necessarily know what it's like there, and it's a totally different game. It'd be nice if um, guys like KP, Frank, Cantor can continue on in the playoffs and so on and so forth. It'd be nice to get them on that stage so they can mentally prepare for like, hey, we're going to be here in a couple of years, like for like seriously, like a top, hopefully top half of the conference and they got to be able to like understand that pressure and deal with it because as everyone says like it's so different in New York um everything's under the microscope so if they can learn some playoffs like the atmosphere and whatnot
3: it um
1: <clears throat> excuse me it would help them
3: tremendously I agree um yeah i that that's basically always been my stance on it like i i of course i'd love the number 1 overall pick but i'd much rather s- Sort of do it if you can. The way this Celtics did it, although that this is one, I think I don't want. We don't have to get too much into another team, but the way that organization has been run for the last decade is like they should write a book on it. It's just so unbelievably impressive. And now you're looking even at the Tatum fault stuff. And I I don't believe in this whole. This is like what my issue was with LeBron's comments. Not that it had a major issue, but. I have all. I don't believe in labeling rookies after ten games or after fifteen games or after a season or two. To be quite honest, so I'm not trying to get on the the hot take of like, look how smart Danny Ainge is. He traded and got Tatum in an asset, and fo-. like we, we don't know about Markel Faults yet. We don't know. We know right. that there's some issues going on for sure. But I mean, 20 years old. We don't know anything. A lot could still happen. That being said, the Celtics. Have run their organization with figuring out a way to get these great trade assets and draft picks and not really making their fans sit through, you know, 17, 18 win seasons. So that's that's the model right there. I think for every team to come
4: obvious statement by your guest, I'm <laughs> yeah. pretty sure that uh, Bill Simmons has already written plenty of books about the Celtics so far. <laughs> I don't
0: think we have
3: to get too far into them. That's, uh, yeah, we don't have to. Yes, exa- I agree. Agreed.
0: So uh, yeah, that's uh, my usual co-host. That's Anthony Corbo. Anthony Jerry. What's up, what's Jerry up? Anthony.
3: Hey, well, Jerry. Man, man. Really good meeting you. How's it going, Anthony?
4: It's all right. I'm working, walking around right now, so it might get a little noisy, but I'll try to mute when I can.
3: Okay. All right. Some of that New York grit we're talking about.
4: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not quite the right city, but... <laughs> he's, right. He, no, right. Well,
0: he's Yeah, he's originally based here, but working in yeah. Chicago right now.
3: Ah, uh, we'll That's take right. it, we'll That's take right. it. That still right. qualifies.
0: So, yeah. so uh, we've been talking a lot about the playoffs. Where do you see the ceiling for this team? Is it just a first-round team? What do you... What's best-case scenario, what's worst-case scenario? What, what do you think's happening this year?
3: Hmm. Well, uh... <clears throat> I mean, the ceiling, right? I I, I don't even want to – I also – I'm a little superstitious, so I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, and I pride myself on being a, a realistic sports fan. I, I, I think the ceiling right now is the playoffs, however they can get in, eighth seed, seventh seed, whatever. Honestly, anything after that, to me, is a 100% bonus. That being said, obviously – the right matchup and the right momentum and and as as mentioned earlier, if KP is still playing at this level, you could maybe stretch out a first-round series for, without a doubt. I mean, I'm not going to start having the conversation of, well, we could maybe beat the Wizards in the first round. I, 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 I can't even get to that point yet. It's way too soon. But um, I really don't think there's a loss. So obviously, team health is always the biggest thing for every team, so not even talking about that. What's the low side? Honestly, I guess the worst case scenario would just would be not making the playoffs and and getting back to that kind of what we saw in the fourth quarter, like kind of stagnant offense or that game in Boston where it just looks like oh my god, no one knows what they're doing exactly right now. You know, I would just be really happy to see the chemistry progress and get as close to the playoffs as possible. To me, that's the that's the ceiling.
1: Okay. That's
0: fair. That's very fair.
3: I'm trying to be realistic, guys. Let's well, be honest.
0: No. Well, no, 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 because we, we have in the past, as a website, have caught on a lot of flack for being realistic or what we think is realistic. Like, we, a lot of the, the fans that we have, you know, we get a lot of tweets or comments or, you know, our ad, you know ads at our own Twitter accounts where people don't are, are angry at us for not fully believing in, like, Derrick Rose last year, for example.
4: We still love it right. all, though.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> so we we've caught a lot of flack for like being t- too realistic. Like we do our round tables and like our number last year, a lot of guys had it like low thirties. Everyone's like, "What do you mean, Derrick Rose, Joe Noah, healthy mellow, KP year two? This is at least a forty-five win team." And we're like, "Well, no, not really." Lots super of team, of,
1: super team. You know, I was like, "Lots oh, of, yeah. of Derrick Rose really on. screwed us over with that one." Yeah.
0: So so it's like we've. That's kind of what we pride ourselves on too. Is like, look. We want to be realistic, and realistically, we thought coming into this year, low expectations, like you said earlier, maybe a tank year, maybe a down year, but a true rebuild, and right now, we're just trying to stay in the moment. Okay, the facts are, right now, this is a pretty solid team. So, this being a pretty solid team, maybe playoffs are realistic. That's irrefutable at this point. That's a fact at this point. Maybe. So, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, we try, to, we try to be as level-headed as we can. It's just tough with a lot of fans sometimes, but you know,
3: yeah, I mean look we're we're barely just over ten percent of the way through the season, so you could say right now, yes, the playoffs are totally within reach, especially in the east, you know, but just we you gotta also remember in keeping with this realism and for your listeners, you know, yeah, I love the optimism, and we've t- we've said the word playoffs probably far too many times already on this episode, but <laughs> We've had a lot – we've been on a pretty big homestand right now. And we saw, like, obviously Porzingis didn't play, but we went down to Orlando, and it was a little tough down there. And obviously KP would have made a difference, but there's going to be a lot of trips to Boston, trips to Toronto, West Coast swings. Like, there's a lot of things that could be happening. It's one thing when, you know, you got Denver and then Indiana and then Charlotte three games in a row at home, and you win those three versus going and – You know, having the Spurs and the Rockets on a a two out of three and then going Clippers, Lakers, and then up to the Warriors. You know, there's going to be a lot of – it's still a long way to go.
1: Yeah, honestly, they've already overshot my guess. I was extremely low on the team coming into the season. I projected them for the lowest of everybody on our staff. I had them at 22 wins, and they're at 7 through 13 games. (laughs) So I feel real dumb, but it's okay. Um, they've totally overshot me, and I'm very happy about it. Like, I'm happy to be wrong here. That's a well, happier yeah. dump
2: And when I sat, came on the podcast and said they were going to make the Eastern Conference Finals last year, so it's a better dumb than my dumb. You were just <laughs> you were just <laughs>
4: off by a year, Bailey. It's alright. That's
2: year. true. Yeah, a yeah. couple. Well, yeah, couple, couple. I,
4: I'm a, I'm a little curious. Like, compare comparing this year's team. Like, we're talking about them and their ceiling is kind of around what we've been talking about the last couple of uh the last couple of years of the teams. Is there anything that like you guys or Jerry in particular that you see that's different about this team? <laughs> uh kind of makes you a little bit more excited than the
3: past well i mean for me we, we touched on it a little bit earlier um you know we talked about like addition by subtraction i just think that obviously you know the Hornets' message is getting across a little bit they're actually running a, a a relevant contemporary nba offense to a degree i mean you know they're, they're definitely not the warriors out there but they're you know, I mean, did anyone ever think that Dougie McBuckets would become Dougie McBackdoor cut with a dunk from Kyle O'Quinn? Like he, it's it's a play that they run six times that works at least 50 percent of the time, you know. So yeah. I, I think that it's it's last year was more of like, all right, we're going to bring in some veterans that have names from the past that maybe have a little left. And you realize and, and kind of hindered the young guys Whereas now it's we're gonna play the young guys for better or for worse, but what I don't think anyone realizes there really are some strong veteran presences, presence around them. Lance Thomas, Courtney Lee, we spoke at length about, you know, O'Quinn. I think the blend is certainly helping. Whereas last year, I don't think it was the healthiest blend, vets versus young players. I think this year, you know, and now with with Cantor just being, I mean,
0: I the would most love
3: person in new york i mean gosh i there's a there's just a whole uh, the whole thing is different and i think it really did start with phil jackson no longer being a part of the team i think that was a huge that was probably the biggest offseason move
0: i think my favorite thing about phil jackson getting fired was that uh when he got fired and they had taken frank in the first round Everybody's like, "Ugh!" Now we're stuck with this Phil Jackson triangle point guard, and everybody totally overlooked the fact that Frankie's like six five, and he's got like a infinity wingspan. He's got like octopus uh-huh. arms, and like, he's eleven years old. He, yeah, he's like eleven <laughs> years old. Like, and he does all of this. Like, he's averaging like how many steals a, ga- a game right now? And it's like people like overlooked all the things that we typically look for, like a high upside guy, you know, good physical tools. And it, we looked, we overlooked all of that. And just chalked it up as like a, well, he's a triangle point guard. So Nick should have taken Dennis Smith Jr. And it's like, in the moment, yeah, like I, I would have wanted Dennis Smith junior not going to lie. In the moment, I wanted him. I think a lot of us did. He's flashy. But I also just wanted a point guard. So I was like, all right, well, we have Frank now. So let's just see what we have. And then I, I just, I don't know. It's just funny how he kind of got lumped into this Phil thing. And then all of a sudden, it's like, well, no, people kind of forgot that the kid can actually play. You know, it's not all just like doom and gloom, you know, Phil behind, basically. Like, he's got a lot of physical traits.
3: Well, I agree. And then also, I do think that, you know, as mentioned earlier, it's New York City. It's the microscope. And, you know, three years ago, they they hit a home run with Porzingis. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, that was the fourth pick. Frank was, what, the seventh or the yeah. eighth? Seventh. Seven. Eighth. Eighth. You know, eighth? No. Seventh. Eighth. No, know, you know It was people, eighth. It was
0: eighth. You're Eight. right, because right, we dropped right, right. one down. We dropped one down in the, the ladder. The...
3: Minnesota came, yes. Yeah. So people still want the home run. And, you know, at, with the eighth pick, if you look at the – I mean, it's a good little lesson or a good little deep dive. Go look at the last 10 years' worth of eighth overall and after picks. You know, you, there's been some home runs, but for the most part, too, like if you just get, – you get a guy that just – Fits the team like I didn't know really I, I was not on board with the oh take Frank because he fits the triangle That as a theory drove me nuts because I just didn't want to hear that word triangle anymore but if you're telling me hey we're gonna get this kid who is super super young but already knows how to play NBA defense which for any rookie is always the greatest starting point you have because threes will come and go and field goal percentage will rise and fall, but your defense and and the way and your activity and usage on defense will that's that's effort and that's desire and that's will. And obviously the intangible is you said infinite wingspan. So if you're telling me you have a guy who's at nineteen already gonna be NBA ready on defense. Definitely has some court vision. I'm not ready to say he's Jason Kidd out there, but clearly knows how to run an offense and knows where to put the ball. He does make a lot of rookie mistakes and offensively hope it comes, but you could see that him and Porzingis, their games complement each other. You can't have five guys on the court who need 20 shots a game to be effective. It doesn't, I mean, in my opinion, uh, it doesn't work unless you're the Warriors and you're just getting twice as many possessions as everybody else. So, I, I think that get rid of that triangle thing. I think Frank fits with Porzingis really well, and he plays defense. So, in five years, I, I don't. Is he mini Kawhi Leonard? I, that, that would be the greatest thing that happened in New York in since Porzingis, obviously. But also, if you told me he's a a a 10-point-a-game guy who's a lockdown defender and gets you four or five assists and and knows how to run an offense, I'd be thrilled with the eighth pick getting that. Thrilled.
0: That's actually something I was talking about on a prior podcast. When we talked about our expectations for Frank, I was like, my primary hope for Frank is that he just doesn't suck, which I think we can check that so far. He hasn't sucked. And then uh, a lot of basketball to be played, of course. But then my other thing was, you know, yeah, everybody wants a home run, but you only truly need, like, one real home run to build around. And if Frank can just simply be a a quality starter, a really good starter, like, I likened him sort of, like, to Rubio in the sense, like, not that their games are, like, mega similar, at least not yet, but if he could just play really good, you know, pretty elite defense or close, and then, yeah, just basic running on offense, like you said, and then score between 10 and 14 points a game, like, that's just as important, too. Like, you need to be able to build with quality guys around um, KP. It's not always just, like, it's impossible. Like, the Thunder scenario when they got Westbrook, Durant, and uh, Harden, like, that doesn't happen. That's an outlier. Even the Warriors, like, good for them. They were smart. They built through the draft. But, like, that doesn't happen every couple of years, you know? It takes, like, a long time for the, the stars to align there.
3: I, I completely agree with that theory. I, and... I, I kind of subscribe to that. Like, it, it, I don't know how often you're going to see what the Thunder and the Warriors have done. Like, that to me is it's just not sustainable. It's not something like you could say, "Oh, we're going to hit the reset button and we're going to try to do what the Thunder did and draft Durant, Westbrook, and Harden three years straight, or Draymond, Steph, and Clay." <laughs> like, that's you could be you can get one out of three, maybe even you can get two out. Of, I mean, three out of three, especially considering Draymond was a second-round pick. And they had, and the, uh, Sam Presti had the guts to take Westbrook when he did not, that was a, if no one remembers at the time that was a little bit like, Whoa, like you're taking the athlete who we don't really know what position he is and hasn't shown that he could mm-hmm. shoot and, and it turns into be the guy who averages a triple double. So that's, that's magic, man. Like, and, and yeah. I would love to get some of that, believe me. But again, going back to Frank, the, The the thing that impressed me most besides the steals and all that, the way he stood up for himself with LeBron. And then when they asked him at halftime, you know, what's going on? And he just with one sentence, I actually put it on my Instagram story because it made me emotional. He just literally said, and he's only 19 years old again. He just said, we fight together. Like he already is subscribing to a team concept. And I just think it's been a while since the Knicks have have functioned as a unit like that. That got me in my feelings.
4: And it's so great. That's so great to see from, like, the new guys, too. Like, seeing Cantor stand up for Frank like that and seeing Frank just, like, you know, stand his ground against LeBron. Like, this is, when you have new players coming in and you're not sure how they're going to work into the system or the culture, that's really the most encouraging thing you could see is going up against LeBron James.
0: Yeah, I think we all would have ran through a brick wall after Cantor got in LeBron's face because I know I was just out of my mind. Like, that's just, it's beautiful. Little Frank hey, runs hey, up, uh, gives him two quick forearm shoves. Cantor comes out of fucking nowhere to get on LeBron's face. It's just, it just you feel it. You feel it alive I, when you watch it. I was that. furiously I like tweeting. Times. Like, I was furiously tweeting.
2: I was so excited. Like, I, I couldn't even think of, like, I was just smashing my keyboard. I was so excited. <laughs> and I hadn't felt that way in so long. It was, it was, you're right. It's, it's, there's something special. Just he's, and I think the thing with Frank, so I'm Frank, is like, People were, I mean, pe- Porzingis got booed. Like, it was a whole disaster. People cried and stuff. Um, <laughs> but then, I think by, like, his first interview, people were like, wow, this kid seems a little more with it. He wasn't, like, the stereotypical, like, draft and stash guy. And then Frank's giving off very similar vibes. He's got an awesome personality. He's doing these things that are making him stand out. And he's already done, and the, like Jerry said, if you go back and I love, like, I'm a stats guy, I love looking back at the drafts, he's already done so much more than so many... The 99% of the 19-year-old European guys that get drafted, he's already done more. Um, so there's no reason he can't continue on that trajectory and keep continuing on an awesome path.
3: Yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly going to be – there's going to be a lot of development. Like I, 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 I'm not kidding myself. There's going to be the games where you're like, oh my god, what is he doing? You know, that's every rookie, though. That's not yeah. Frank. That's every rookie. There's going to be those games where you're scratching your head like, oh, why? Like, how did he take that? Why didn't he take that shot? Or why did he take that shot? But, you know, we're we're subscribing to development of a team that is super young that we're hoping their games fit together. And, look, Dennis Smith Jr. is exceptional, okay? And the names I was throwing around, I obviously knew a lot about Frank. I did my research. I watched as much stuff on him as I possibly could, similar to what I did with Porzingis before he was drafted. Uh, I, I was I was more on the Monk train to be honest. I was I thought Malik Monk sure. would be a fit because it's it has been a while since we really had like a, a really big scoring threat on the wing. Yeah, I just couldn't really remember because Melo was obviously not a wing, but he did spend a lot of time out there. I, I, that's what I was really thinking. And, you know, realizing that it took Frank, I, I don't ever go to the place where I start crying and say, oh, they blew it. What'd they do? Just like I didn't with Porzingis, because you just don't really know. you got to give these kids a couple of years. But does Dennis Smith Jr. and Porzingis' game fit? I don't know. I mean, sometimes if you're if you're just so talented, your game fits with anybody. That very well could be Dennis Smith Jr. for sure. But one thing I do know is it will benefit Porzingis having a point guard that is eager to get him the ball where he wants the ball. That I think is in the Knicks and everyone's best in the fans' best interests.
1: Yeah, that's something he hasn't had yet. Like Derrick Rose was
3: a fine
1: point guard, but he wasn't the guy to get Chris out the ball in his spots, necessarily. And you see Frank do that, and you see Jared Jack do that, and we're witnessing the blossoming of KP's game. He plays inside-outside now, and he's just been absolutely phenomenal with a point guard who can just get him the ball.
0: Such a simple concept. Such a small little thing, you know?
3: Yeah, but you know, I mean, if you did have Dennis Smith Jr.'s athleticism, wouldn't you want to... Who oh, you blow by Dirk? Who do and uh, not, uh, not Dirk? How How I last night?
0: Oh my god. But,
3: I mean pa- when you could do that, it really is hard to be like, all right, let's set this up. I'll throw it to the big guy. That You know, so I, it's all it's all relative, believe me. So it's I, just gonna take a long time and then we'll get to have this conversation five years from now in the barber shop and we'll get to yell at each other about who's the better <laughs> who turned out better. But this draft class already is turning out to be at least 12 games, 11 12 games through an amazing draft class
0: definitely and, and let's not lose sight of uh let's go back to Malik Monk real quick one quick comment that boy can hoop
3: oh yeah he, i was very nervous at the hornets game cuz monk you could tell was was on a mission and he was kind of giving it to frank in that second quarter
0: yes he did he he hung he hung some buckets on frank seven in that second quarter frank got yeah. it back a little bit later in the fourth but man
3: no, he's 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 great, and he would have been electric at the Garden. But again, I mean, you, you, who knows if, if personalities and, and the type of game they play fit. I I don't know. All I'm going off of is I know Frank and KP and Hardaway Jr. and the rest of the team, I, I know that their games fit for right now. Uh, we'll, And we'll see. I don't know when you guys are dropping this, but I think tonight at home against Utah after that kind of – Motivational but also crushing defeat, you know, I think will be a really, really good test for a young team coming off what they just came off.
0: Especially with no go bear tonight for uh, Utah. They got to make a statement game. You got to come out aggressive, especially KP. You don't have to match up against that terror in the paint. So be aggressive, try to hang 40 tonight. I mean, that's what I'd be hoping for. <laughs>
3: For sure. But you don't think Donovan Mitchell's going to come to play? And, and, oh, I man, mean, I every... love Donovan Mitchell.
0: Ooh. He's so good. Oh, he's so good. I think
3: he, I think gonna... he, I think he casually
0: threw up uh, like 20 points in his last – or he's averaging like 20 points in his last like four or five games. It was something stupid. Like, or he scored 20 in five of his last X amount of games. It was like a stupid number I saw on Twitter the other day, and it made me laugh. Somebody goes He's to like this. a stupid
4: high usage rate too. It's
3: like in the 30s somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, watching him, I, I I always go to some summer league games if I get the chance, and I watch every summer league game because I, I I love watching the draft picks go in there. And like, I just remember watching even in college a little bit. Donovan it's game. he kind of remind is just like, it's whenever you're in like junior high or even like early high school if you're playing pickup or whatever. And like, there's just that one guy you're like, this kid's our age yeah like he's already like a man like this kid you mean? tell me, this kid's 14 years old he's already like a man like that's what it is like watching donovan Mitchell. is like this kid's a rookie he's already like full grown ready to go it's it scares me to death
0: yeah that's like uh what every college football player must feel like when they play against anybody from alabama
3: right right exactly
0: <laughs> like, you ever see these pictures of these guys from alabama those are those are like 40-year-old mechanics. Those aren't football players.
3: <laughs> Man, it's, it's it'll be it'll be fun at the ground. I'm actually I'm I'm anxious for uh for a Knicks road trip cuz I I think that'll be the next. This has been the first test has been defending the home court and can you come together like a team? They kind of passed for the most part. Second test I think will be can you sustain that and can you do it on the road and at what level? I mean, I don't expect them to win on the road like they win at home, but What's the, the drop-off, if any?
0: Yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's going to be growing pains, no doubt. No doubt. So it'll be interesting not only to see when those growing pains happen, when those down moments happen, but also how they kind of respond to getting punched in the face a little bit. You know, when they get yeah. beat up on the road a couple of games in a row, then it's like, all right, well, let's now see how KP responds to some adversity. Because this season, outside of, like, the Boston game and last night, it's been all sunshine and rainbows he's just hanging buckets on everybody's head like sooner or later on the road it's gonna get tough so seeing how he responds to these kinds of environments these situations the couple of losing streaks that'd be very telling too so it's as much as I don't want to see our team lose of course not I'm sort of excited for to get like one of those out of the way like a four or five game losing streak out of the way and just see how Chris dapps comes back from it and the rest of the team of course too
3: Either way, we're. Wa- I mean, we're always gonna watch, but now we're watching and we're not going into the game like, Ugh, "What's this gonna be like?" Now we're, we're we we have hope, and as a sports fan, any sports fan, not just a Nick fan, that's all you really want. You just want some hope. Just a glimmer, and then we could, yeah, and then we could spin that into ridiculous fan stuff, and like you said, whoever, like Eastern Conference Finals, all that. Which that's great. That's the point of sports, and and having and being a fan, you you, you wishful sometimes beyond even that thinking maybe not (laughs) rational thinking but to me that's the best part of best part of sports is when when you're in it because that moment like you said in 99 when it does happen it's the most fulfilling thing and you know i'm a giants fan in 2007 that that was one of the most rewarding feelings i ever had because it just came out of nowhere so that's why we watch
0: okay um uh, we know you got to get going. We don't want to hold you up too long, so I wanted to give you a shot here just to plug anything you're working on, any new exciting projects, um, just anything.
3: Well, I'm back uh, on another season of Power, which that's why I've been in New York going to so many Nick games is because uh, basically back here shooting season five, which uh, – probably will be back i think in like june uh, it's always been a summer show okay and you know fortunately and unfortunately when you're working that especially on the show like power you can't really do much else besides that but i still i got my podcast going bad for business and um I, it's actually hard for me because i don't want that podcast to just be sports and nicks which would be so not easy for me to do but it's what my natural thing is but so we haven't aired an episode in a couple of weeks, and man, it's hard. I see the mics over there. It's like I just want to turn on the mics and just go on these deep dive, Nick rants. But I'm trying not to make the show that because I feel like once I do that, there's no going back. <laughs> That's why I give you guys props, man. I'm and I'm in, and I hope I could. Uh, talk to you guys more and more because i i i want to do what you're doing i it's my natural instinct yeah Yeah. you're always welcome
0: you're always welcome on the show buddy i mean as you know i've tweeted you a couple of times i know you're busy so we always have a couple huh a couple times a (laughs) a couple hundred (laughs) times look uh as a wise man named jr smith once said you gotta shoot
3: shoot or shoot (laughs) shoot or shoot that's right shoot your way through it so, uh, yeah, no, uh, no I, I, I appreciate you guys. And, um, yeah, dude, let's, 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 let's maybe wait for the next 10 and then may- maybe we'll break it into tens like that. You know, let's see there are 11 games in. maybe we'll break it into 10, 20 game cycles and we'll do a little quarterly recaps and stuff.
2: That sounds good to me. Yeah. I love
4: that. Keep
3: doing what you guys are doing. I'm, 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 I'm following. I think I'm following mostly. If not, I'll, I'll figure out, I'm not the greatest with all that, but Keep doing what you guys are doing, man. I, I, I like the passion.
2: And we'll, uh, we'll be hitting you up. Uh, we'll take you up on that offer. We'll see if we can do a segment sitting up in the nosebleeds, seeing how it looks up there with us, all right? We'll see if we hey, can listen, figure that out, too.
3: All I will say is, many a times when I was 14, 15 years old and younger and older, sitting up there, I mean, that beautiful 94 season against the when we lost to the Rockets, which I watched that game over on a plane recently well, on oh, NBA no. Hardwood Classics no, it was no. horrible. Um, I think I went to 15 games that season uh, and I think I literally was seating and the lights were actually making my neck hot. That's how high up I
2: was.'ll <laughs> <We'll> be, pit- <laughs> we'll be back'll we'll be happy We'll be happy to bring you back there. <laughs> we'll it, anytime. Alright, we'll be in touch. <laughs> Thanks a lot, guys.
3: Appreciate it.
2: Alright, Jerry, course, yeah. enjoy the game. Thank Have a good so night, much. buddy. Thank you, Jerry.